TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Do we have to recap the games from yesterday? Oh, well, goodness. We, we can recap the afternoon games if you'd like to, Coach. Goodness, that'd be a lot less painful, no doubt about it. Welcome, everybody. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Big dog and the coach at your service. Not a particularly good weekend for Chicago area sports as our star defenseman on our Blackhawks team. He's out four to five weeks. Our star forward on our professional basketball team, Carlos Boozer. Out for about eight weeks, and our Chicago Bears absolutely laid a giant egg, big dog. And in many years, we've been watching Bears on national TV. That might have been the largest egg that they've ever laid. Coach, that was the worst game I can ever remember as a Chicago Bears fan. Now, you know, I was thinking about it. One just came to my head. Didn't they lose to the 49ers 49 to nothing? Oh, I, like, I guarantee like you. I can't remember. But, but I know there were worse scores than 17 to 3, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. But I would agree with you. Now, the defense, you know, was pretty good. But but I would say, and I'm thinking after the game, of course, you're caught up in the emotion. you got to probably wait maybe three, four days to, to judge this. But I, I, I can't remember a high school, college, or pro game that I have ever, repeat, ever seen where an offense from start to finish was that bad. When I was at Dyersville North, we held Morton High School to one first down, and they had uh, and they had four yards total offense. Okay, I didn't happen to see that classic tussle. Yeah, well, yeah, that was it was it was over early. The best for me to tell you, Coach. <laughs> oh goodness, big dog! How are you? Besides the uh, complete Bears demise, which we'll talk about, we'll do a little NFL round them up, wrap them up again. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Hope you had a Great sports weekend or a great weekend uh, overall, you know, with the family, with the friends, whatever projects you were involved in over the weekend. Hopefully you didn't destroy your home too much and enjoyed the sports a little bit along with it. Big Dog and the coach at your service, Dog. Uh, despite the Bears game, hopefully you can still keep an upper lip. Uh, well, yeah, I'll try to keep the upper lip, Coach. I, yeah. I'm just hopefully going to find out today whether or not I got that one particular job, which will Beautiful. make my life a lot easier. So hopefully I'll find about, out about that this afternoon. Well, we wish you much better luck than the Hawks, Bulls, or Bears got over the weekend. Hopefully, uh, four will not make a family. No, I got to be 100% honest with you. So maybe this uh, means that I shouldn't be a sports talk show host. But was it uh, was it Sea Biscuit or, or or Duncan Teeth that is out? <laughs> Brian Campbell. Oh, Brian Campbell out uh, another four or five weeks. Who's Sea Biscuit? Seabrook. Oh, okay. Well, if, if Soupy's out, that's okay. Because yeah. uh, for some reason, Brian Campbell sucks during the regular season and is awesome in the playoffs, which I'm fine with as a hockey as a hockey fan and a Blackhawks mm-hmm. fan. I'm absolutely fine with that. So, but he can be out as long as he wants in the regular season. We'll try well, to get some rookie up here to get some get some nice skate on. I don't think you speak for most Blackhawks fans. It's it's uh, you know we missed him a good part of last year. It's depressing. To think we got to go with him out with him the first four or five weeks, not disastrous, obviously. No, that's but it's... the whole point is he's he's here for the playoffs, coach. Well, he's our he's our playoff mercenary. Got to make the playoffs first. 
Yeah, I'm sure the Hawks are going to have a very difficult time finishing the top eight in the Western Conference this year. Thanks. Stranger things have happened. Remember, they lost about a third of their team. I don't want to talk Blackhawks right now. I do. Later in the show, though, I do want to mention uh, that the Carlos Boozer injury because that one is uh, a total freak injury. And why doesn't Why doesn't he just say he got drunk and, and tripped? This one sounds legit. Uh, they don't they all? No, don't they all. No, they don't. <laughs> I've heard some pretty poor excuses. This one, the extent that he went into it, the way he told it, uh, it could be completely. You're right. It might be uh, alcoholic related or some other. Oh, I, I haven't seen the quote. I just, I just, you know, I saw the bottom line. I just like just turned to my buddies. It was very cool while we were watching football. We're like, are you serious? Doorbell ring. Get any worse? Door. Yeah, right in the middle of the Bears game, right? That's yes, what I found was. out. Yeah. Yeah. We're, like, are you like, kidding me? How depressing. Talk about uh, hitting a guy when he's down. My goodness. But yeah, apparently uh, late at night when it was dark, I don't know how, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven o'clock, doorbell rings. He goes to answer the doorbell and the house was still dark. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to save on electricity. $8 million a year doesn't go as far as you can. You try to save on your utilities. $16 he trips, million dollars a year. Whatever. He trips over, I think he said a punching bag or a workout bag. Trips over the bag, goes to brace his fall, and he said the fact that he's 260 pounds and 5% um, body fat, that it's not so easy to brace your fall, and he broke a couple of metatarsals in the hand, bracing his fall in the dark, tripping over a workout bag. There you go. Eight weeks. No, no, we need the person to confirm who rang the doorbell. That's what we need, Coach. Interesting. He actually, he did the worst thing you can in an alibi. He needs somebody to confirm that they rang the doorbell. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if it ends up being, you know, some guy named, you know, Six Knuckle Louise, (laughs) I don't don't know if that's the one that you want. What if it's some guy named, it could be even worse, some guy named Giorgio. Joe, Joe. Yeah, well, yeah, good possibly. <laughs> oh, goodness. Football is uh, first and foremost. By the way, big door, real quick, our Beat the Schmoes football results. David Olson, very, very disappointing after a three-week, two-and-one streak. He, dry. he didn't fall off the table, but he did drop down to a one-and-two. Uh, very, very depressing. But, you know, what can you do? I, I don't know if I marked your sheets on a different form, but wh- how did you finish? Because I do not have your tabulation. Uh, coach, I went two and one, which is pretty bad because I gave you three other games and I went three and zero oh in those games. Yeah, that always happens, doesn't it? Because uh, uh, but uh, the only game that I lost was uh, Stanford versus Oregon, and Oof. it looked really good early, and then the track meet started. Yep. But yep. Uh, yeah, the other games I, I had Texas over Oklahoma, and um, yeah, with the other one that I had on on there. But yeah, mm-hmm. I went two and one on, well, on the weekend, and then I, I also had Iowa. Indiana and uh, oh, I had Michigan State over Wisconsin was my third game, mm-hmm. so. which was a great game. I watched that. We'll talk some college football as well. But uh, for the fourth consecutive week, the Schmoes will not be beaten, Big Dog, because after coming up with a zero and three last week, bounce back in a big way. The the harder they fall, the higher they bounce. That's the story of my predictions. Three and zero this past week, Big Dog. Ravens over Pitt. Frisco plus the seven and Notre Dame over Boston College, three and zero. I'll be accepting congratulations today at a local bar. If you want to come by and buy me a beer. Yeah, by the way, Notre Dame looks like a like a, a pretty good team. Woo! I know Boston's the worst Boston College team since I've been watching football was nineteen eighty two, and it's not that good. But uh, you know what? It doesn't matter. They got it done. You know, they went on the road 
And then Boston College and Notre Dame usually play tough games against each other. So mm-hmm. it's good to see them play well. All right, again, we'll talk some college football. Definitely do our NFL round them up, wrap them up musically oriented with some fine music selected by our musically oriented uh, director, David Olson. We'll do that coming up in a little bit. We here coming out of the city of Chicago, we got to start with our Bears. And once again, Big Dog, what hurts so much, so many things to talk about in that game. But again, it's on national TV. It is amazing. How many times we are, you know, I don't mind losing, but just embarrassed on national TV. It happened big time again last night. Yeah, it was so bad that even Lovey Smith admitted it was bad. How often does he do that? Do you know what I mean? Basically, he's usually like extremely uh, condescending and basically like, oh, you don't know anything about football. He was, he's like, we made adjustments that didn't work. He's like, our offensive line was brutal. Mm-hmm. Our play calling was bad. Our quarterback couldn't get rid of the ball. I mean, it was uh, – and he was exactly right. Like, it, usually you ask me, Coach, you know, what was the blame? When it's that bad, it's everything. And that, that's not trying to dodge away from the subject. You can, it, it was everybody's fault. The offensive line played like garbage. The play calling was brutal. And, and Jay Cutler, he must have got the concussion early on, Coach. And, and seriously, I think he might have got it on the first series of the game because mm-hmm. after the first series, they showed him on the sideline. Yep. And he was by himself with his head down. And, you know, and I said, when my guys came back, I'm like, you know, I think he's playing with low blood sugar. Because, you know, he is a, a, a juvenile diabetic. Yes. You know, yes. that's, that's the first thing I thought. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, you know, he doesn't look right. And it wasn't just because he was playing poorly. There was something weird about him early on. And, you know, some people play bad games. That was the worst game that I've ever seen a Bear quarterback play, and I'm including Rusty Lish, Bob Evelini, Vince Evans, Jonathan Quinn. Jonathan Quinn. I'm including <laughs> all those quarterbacks. That was the worst. And he's supposed to be the best quarterback we've had definitely since McMahon and possibly mm-hmm. since Luckman. Yeah, I haven't jumped on the bandwagon yet. I've been saying that all along. Even last week, you know, everybody's throwing the accolades the way of Jay Cutler after three games. Should have had four passes intercepted last week. couple yeah, called back on penalties. horrible. Yeah, so, you know, he hasn't proven to me yet. I mean, you know, gun of an arm, no question about that, and he will make some spectacular passes. And to be fair, I've made the comment, and I'll stand by it, hey, compared to our offenses of previous years, I'm not complaining. It's fun this year. But I'm not sold yet on Jay Cutler because uh, his accuracy is still inconsistent, and he will throw way too many interceptions. And I think you're right. Last night you can let some of it go. I think he was um, not right for lack of a more medical term. I, I, I can't. I really can't explain it. And I'm not giving them any excuses yeah. whatsoever. I, I mean, the injuries happen in, in football. And if mm-hmm. you're banged up, get off the field, okay? And they should uh, the quarterback's coach or the offense coordinator should have been like, hey, this kid isn't right. It shouldn't yep. have taken him until halftime in order to figure that out. And another thing, protect your quarterback. And by that, I mean run the football every once in a while. It's mm-hmm. freaking ridiculous. And I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done <laughs> complaining about it. Okay. How can they not ever run the ball? And, and oh, and another thing. Hey, let's put Greg Olson on OC Umanura. He's warming oh, up, best, folks. He's warming their, up. Their best, their best pass rusher. Yeah. Hey, let's put him against a tight end that can't block a lick. And especially, he's a decent run blocker, Greg Olson. I, mm-hmm. I'll give you that, especially like when he's leading. Not when he's like down in the stands having to hook somebody or something. He's bad there. And as a pass blocker, did you watch any of those that they had? Uh, could you? Why would they have? Uh, there was. There's a lot of times when you can say that. Oh my! Oh my! Oh, oh my God! What he called? Oh my God! Or oh my! What's his name? Coach? I forget. Oh my! Okay. So there were times where he didn't miss a block on any of his plays. You know why? Because he didn't block anybody. He just 
stood there and he just mm-hmm. backpedaled and that didn't hit anybody while while Jose Umanor is going against Greg Olson. Somehow they must figure out a way to put Omae on Umanora. <laughs> I think that's a science experiment. I tried back in sophomore year biology class that went bad. I tried yeah, Omaye and Omanur, and uh, the thing blew up. That was the end of my uh, science career. But uh, What would have happened if Kiwanuka, if Messiah Kiwanuka was actually yeah, playing? Coach? Yeah, they were missing their best pass rusher. Yeah, I know. And, and Omanur was, was supposed to be partially injured. He, he was like a game-day decision. So yeah. this, this was a New York Giant defensive line that was far from at its best. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a positive, Big Dog want to be the ultimate. Glass half full guy, if you're a bear, the offensive line, it was a team effort. Oh, yeah, yeah they all sucked. Yeah. I, I, and throw I, the I, tight ends along. And with the, who's our blocking tight end we picked up for? Uh, Brandon uh, Malayuna. Yeah, Malayala, Malayala doing nothing right now. Yeah, he was, I, you know, he was supposed to be an angry Samoan, and, and right now he just looks yep. angry. Okay. And it's at himself. Uh, how many times did he get whooped like a dog on mm-hmm. the outside? Yep. You know, you know and I, when I was ripping on Olsen, I want everybody to realize this. I was ripping on Mark because Greg Olson should not be in blocking Ose Umanyora. Mm-hmm. Okay. Brandon Malamali, you know, that's your job. That's why you got paid $4 million a year was to be able to block people like Umanyora and Tuck well, and Canty. To okay? Mike Martz's defense, I think Omi, 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 Omiya had inside protection. When the outside rush came on the double team, the tight end picks up the outside rush. The entire line was in max protect and uh, – the max, max protect? No, they weren't. They were sending four or five guys out every single time and keeping. No. They would, have, they would either have Maliuna in or Olsen in. Everybody else would go out in, on a route. It was moronic. And they were doing seven step drops time after time after time. And then when they did the three step drop, Cutler wouldn't get rid of the ball. <laughs> Emailer so Cindy, uh, Cinemax Cindy, one of your female emailers, wants to know if you ran into Max Protect over the weekend. Coach, I, I have to admit, when it comes to the weekends, I stay in. I watch football the whole time. Okay. So the only so time you, I usually get out of the house is during the week. So you did not even need Max Protect. You no, stayed in the pocket comfortably. Okay. Yes, yeah, I did. I, I was in the pocket. That's, you're, you're, so due. Time. you're due for one of those weekends. No question. I'm sure Cinemax. Cindy's disappointed, but the rest of us all breathing a sigh of relief. By the way, you mentioned Lovey Smith, and I, I got to fire on him. I hate to hit a guy when he's down. I really do, but but I can't. Help but expressing the the nauseum, the nauseum that I felt as they kept picturing Lovey Smith doing absolutely nothing on the sideline. Big dog, I can't ever remember a coach who has coached less than Lovey Smith. I mean, he literally, Very literally quick, never. Not just yesterday's, he, he never coaches. Period. Doesn't well, I, say. I, anything. I, go ahead. No, no, no. I agree. I'd have to say Barry Switzer coached less than Lovey Smith did. But at least Barry, Barry Switzer was everywhere he went. But at least he was animated. He had a little fire. And I'm not talking. I don't necessarily need the the fire breathing, ravaging maniac of a coach. Different coaches have different styles. There's different levels of success. But you gotta give me more than just that that flattened face of Lovey Smith, not talking to anybody, not talking in his mic, not consoling people, not firing. I mean, something. Give me any. I mean, we could put a mannequin. Seriously, a mannequin. On the sidelines, he would do the same thing as Lovey Smith is doing. It was just, it was, it was tiresome to watch. I'm going to have to agree with that. And, and uh, you know, it doesn't have to be some fire breathing, you know, raising lunatic all the time. But no. I would have to say, after the ninth stack of the first half, maybe a clipboard should be thrown or something. Yeah, you know, or just coach. That's all I'm asking. Coach, do something. Talk to an assistant coach. You know, 
speak into the he doesn't even I don't even think he coaches through the headphones. He just you know, and that expression. Oh. Just, I gotta say know. the last five minutes of the first half was as as low as it has ever gotten for a Bear fan. Yeah. And, I mean, like we're watching that and they're like, Can you believe there's been six sacks in the first half? Oh there's another one. Oh, now the Bears have negative passing yards and they're averaging less than a yard of play. So oh, let's drop back for second down. Oh, another sack. I mean, it was like, are you kidding me? It was I I'd never seen anything like that. <laughs> and then and then they kept flashing to Mike Tice on the sidelines. Oh, that was that was almost as bad. Yeah, doing the doing doing the old uh, Rodney Dangerfield collar grab. Yeah. Ying, ying, yep. ying, yeah. <laughs> Mike Tice rapidly turning into the Rudy Jaramillo of the Chicago Bears. If you're not familiar, folks, with who that is, he was the highly paid, highly respected hitting coach that came for the Texas Rangers to the Chicago Cubs. And if anyone remembers the first three months of the Cubs season, the batting coach, he may be perfectly well be a very good hitting coach, but let's just say it didn't work well, the first three months. Same thing well, happening with Michael Rodriguez Tice. Yeah, with the, with the Cubs, it was a bunch of guys that had produced their whole careers who all of a sudden couldn't hit. But I, I don't think anybody on this on the Bears' offensive line besides Olin Cruz has ever proven anything. Mm-hmm. So, I was standing up in the middle of the third quarter calling for James Marston to come in off the bench, our final reserve offensive lineman. When I'm calling for James Marston, big dog, you know times have gotten desperate. Well, here's here's the problem, though. I, I understand what what you're saying, <laughs> but I think one of the biggest Issues is nobody knows who to block. Are you going to throw another guy out there to, to mess up the continuity of the offensive line? Yeah, mess up I the mean, continuity. But part of it, I mean, part of it was you know uh, Lance, you know, Lance was Edward Williams would would block down and mm-hmm. uh, Schaefer would block out, and the guy that was like on, like in the three technique over the outside shoulder of, of Edward Williams would fly right through and, and just destroy uh, Ty Collins or or Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do they miss a three hundred twenty five pound dude? I, I mean, it was it, stuff like that was happening. You mm-hmm. throw another guy in there that does. I mean, the whole thing is you got to communicate it and know who's blocking who. Yeah. By the way, we and do we key. do tend to take the negative vent here, and I think the announcers did a little bit the same thing yesterday. And in my note taking during the game, Big Dog, let us not forget that. Uh, let us give credit to both defenses, at least the Bears for about two and a half quarters, and the Giants for the entire game. Yes, it was bad offense, but man, I mean, some outstanding. Dominant team defense and some phenomenal individual plays. It was, I won't say fun, but it was uh, remarkable to watch the defense. We do need to give them credit as well as the um, ineffectiveness of the offense. Well, considering that the the Bears only had three first downs going into the fourth quarter, I'm not going to blame. I'm going to say the Bears defense played great yesterday, Coach, because they were, it was three and out. They couldn't even have time to make adjustments when they're on the sidelines Mm because they would be screaming punt team on first down. Yeah, I think some of the offensive woes almost wore on the defense late in the game. I don't know if they played great the whole game, but overall. Well, I'm not, they didn't play great the whole game, but I'm not blaming them for the last, right. uh, like minute or the, the last, the fourth quarter for the stuff like they were on the field the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think the offense can help generate the defense too. If I went, when you see, you know, pitiful series versus again pitiful series pitiful you're not only physically tired i think it affects you mentally too that's an excuse and i'm sure if brian Urlacher, or julius pepper if they came on the show with us any of the defensive players they would deny that it's our job to stop the other team but i think it does have an effect but the bottom line is the bears defense was great at times they had a few slip-ups not the problem overall and the giants defense big dog throw some kudos out because you're a defensive guy as frustrating as it was for bear fans to watch that was an awesome defensive effort by the Giants. 
It, it reminded me of the Bears of the mid-'80s. Yep. They used to do that to teams in the mid-'80s, where the other team had absolutely no shot, and you would be frustrated. Like, as a Giants fan, they should be just, like really upset at their offense for, for uh, fumbling the ball and giving up the shutout. Because mm-hmm. if any team, any defense that I've seen since the mid-'80 Bears deserved a shutout, it didn't get what it was yesterday's New York Giants. Mm-hmm. By the way, the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants, Perry uh, Fuel. Yep. Who was a longtime coach for the Chicago Bears, coached many of the Bear players, highly respected. So it had to be, uh, I'm not going to say sweet revenge because he left on okay, decent terms, but had to be a pretty good feeling for Coach Perry, who did a phenomenal job that game, to come back and beat his old team. Oh, yeah. It probably wasn't like Donovan McNabb type of motions, but mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, it's definitely nice. Whatever you can beat somebody that, you know, you're associated with, it's usually pretty cool. But yeah, he left on real good terms if you consider that, uh, like, he got the head coaching job with, with Buffalo, right? Yep. So, I mean, how could he be mad at the Bears? So. Yeah, no, no, I didn't say it was revenge, but it's still, you know, it's gotta be sweet to come back and, and beat some of the guys you coached against. At any rate, uh, he's gotta be feeling pretty good. Doesn't matter if it was the Bears or whoever, that was maybe the top team defensive effort of the year by any NFL team. And, of course, it was on national TV. All the players are watching. All the other coaches are watching. So while it made the Bears look pretty bad, it certainly made the New York Giants look awfully good. And they are revitalized, courtesy of our beloved Bears. Yeah, and now everyone's going to start questioning the Bears, which is which is awfully good. I want the Bears to be under a microscope. I hate when everybody starts patting that team on the back. Mm-hmm. And so we get performances like what happened yesterday. Seriously. So I would... Uh, hopefully that this will actually go a long way to correcting some Bears' issues and woes. Mm-hmm. And also just run the football. I'm sick of this. You know, I, I, I like the fact that we can actually throw the ball downfield every once in a while now. I like that. But uh, have some sense. Have, have uh, some actual realization of what's going on. When your quarterback is actually getting teed off on, you might need to protect him by running the ball. And did, how many screens did they run? I mean, they ran the one screen, you know, in the middle of the first quarter. It got tackled for like a, a two-yard loss, and then they didn't run another one. And I mean, that's exactly what they needed to do was to try to give their uh, their pass rush of of New York something to think about when they were just keying off. I mean, they didn't have to worry about the run. They didn't have to worry about the draw. They didn't have to worry about the screen. All they had to do was get into a track stance and start chasing Cutler. That was, and as a defensive lineman, that is a lot of fun, Coach. Mm-hmm. A lot of NFL uh, roundup talk today, talking the Bears game right now. We'll get to some of the other games. You want to check in if you're listening in the Chicago area. You want to talk Bears, Giants, or the New York area. Any of the football games that happened uh, yesterday, we'll certainly be happy to review, recamp, and make fun of if we need to. It's the big dog and the coach at your service here on the Two Guys at a Mike Show. 888 48, the phone number again, 888-463-6748. NFL, round them up and wrap them up. Coming up after the next break, we'll get to some baseball news as well. The Ryder Cup, I think, uh, what happened in the Ryder Cup? It started like at 3 a.m. this morning. Do you know Europe who won, won that big? 14 and a half to 13 and a half, and it came down to the last. Really? Yeah. Wow. It came down to the last uh, singles match. And, uh, the, I, I'm not exactly sure who won that, but that's all I know. And it was 14 and a half to 13 and a half. Europe takes the Ryder Cup. I was going to tune in. Apparently I should have. Came down to the final twosome. Uh huh. Oh, that had to be pretty cool. So the U.S. looking, looking pretty bad heading into the day. I think it was on. It started at what, like three, four o'clock in the morning, Chicago time? It started at two o'clock Chicago time, coach. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. All right, if anybody watched that, the Ryder Cup wants to paint the picture for us. That sounds uh, like a pretty exciting finish with all the teams there and the uh, the players. I can't think of more pressure in a tournament than when you got your teammates and your country counting on you and the final two coming down to the green. I mean, that's even I think bigger pressure than a than a uh, major tournament. Uh, yeah, I would have to agree with you. Well, it depends on how your wife treats you, too. That, that's well, that's yeah. a major part of it. Most yeah. more pressure off the golf course. Yeah, it's funny because you're not uh, on the Ryder Cup. They don't win any money for that or anything. It's, that's, all, uh, that's just basically pure for love of country. It's all about and, pride uh, and prestige. Uh-huh. And that, that is pretty cool. And the emotions these guys are showing, it's unbelievable. Hey. Uh, by the way, golfers should not scream when they hit a good shot. Most of them don't look good, and they sound a little bit strange, to be quite honest with you. 888-463-6748. Any of our listeners happen to catch the end of that Ryder Cup, paint a picture for us. We'd love to hear about it, but apparently Europe knocks off the U.S. in dramatic fashion on the final uh, twosome, what did you say, 14.5 by 13.5, right? Yes. Beautiful. 888 our phone number, David Olson, our producer, other side of the glass, big dog and the coach. With you talking Bears and Giants from last night and uh, some of the other NFL games. We'll get to college football as well. We should mention in baseball, big dog, your favorite sport or second favorite sport. Ended yesterday, 162 games are complete. And the Giants uh, were able to get by the Padres. They lost, what, Friday and Saturday, but came back yesterday to beat them 3-0. How often does that happen to where the schedule makers get it perfect and, and have two teams battling for a division title on the last weekend of the season? That was yep. pretty cool. Yep. Uh, Atlanta also able to get in with the San Diego loss. 8-7. to held. Philadelphia made a rally late in the game, but the Braves hold on, went at 8-7. to Kind of nice to see for the Braves. Big deal. They fought through the Chipper Jones injury, a couple other injuries, and it is Bobby Cox's last season. It's kind of nice to see him go out in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I'll have to agree with you there. And it's funny, it was like, this is the first time since 05 since the Braves have been in. I, I was shocked to see it. It's like, it doesn't feel like it's been that long because they were in it for so many freaking years in a row. I was kind of shocked to see that. But, uh, you know, the, the Braves have a really young team. And if they have a, you know, get themselves a decent skipper, they could go on a nice little run themselves. And uh, maybe Isaac Game will end up in Atlanta because if you look at that team coach, it's all young Brooks Conrad, Jason Hayward. I know Tim Hudson. Some of the pitchers are a little old, Derek Lowe and Tim Hudson, but you know they've, they've got some young players. My inside so, sources tell me that it will not be Azeguia. My inside people tell me that it will indeed be Freddie Gonzalez. Oh, really? Yeah. Of course. Is it been named? One of my inside sources got picked up for uh, drug-affiliated restriction and uh, might not make it out of uh, public service for the next week. So you got to question my uh, resources. Well, both Ozzie Guillen and Freddie Gonzalez yes. are members of the Atlanta Braves system. That's true. Uh, he's, they're, they're, they fall underneath the Bobby Cox tree. Mm-hmm. Many roots, many roots under that tree. Texas will travel to Tampa. Your final eight are set in Major League Baseball. October playoffs, I know we're all caught in the football. But, uh, you know, to me, when the baseball playoffs start, big dog, I'm not that into it. But as the games build, game two, game three, game four, and the storyline gets to set, at least for me, that gets me back into baseball. Right now, it's minimal excitement, but I know based on past history, I will get into it. Texas at Tampa, the Yankees take second place. They're your wild card team. They will travel to Minnesota. Cincinnati at Philadelphia and Atlanta taking on the Giants. Those are your final eight, big dog, after a long, long baseball season. Yeah, and it's funny how we look at all these teams throughout the year. 
you know what I mean, and, and where they end up. The Rangers at one point, people were saying, could they be a World Series uh, contender? And now, mm-hmm. like, Cliff Lee hasn't pitched all that well, so they're kind of, like, written off. And you know what happens when you write off a playoff team? They're the one that's going to bite you in the butt. Uh, but, you know, the Twins will have a home field for the first round. Will they be able to actually, you know, sneak into the, the, the American League Championship Series? They never win a playoff series, Coach. The, and if they do, they'll end up winning the World Series. So there's uh, you know many questions that abound, and, and to be quite honest with you, the only question is, can anybody in the National League beat the Phillies? I, I don't know if it's possible. Coach. Now help me on now the first round of the playoffs, five games or seven games? It's the 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 divisional rounds are five games. Five. All right. Well, the, certainly the championship series and the World Series are seven. All right. Well, there's no doubt Philadelphia's a better team than Cincinnati. Cincinnati is feisty. They've overachieved. Got a lot of talent, no question about that. But in a five-game series, even a seven-game series, Big Doug, anyone is beatable. So the Phillies are the favorite, but it's not going to shock the world if the Cincinnati Reds get hot and beat the Phillies. It would for me. I'm not kidding you. The fact that Roy Halladay, Roy Oswald, yeah, and then Cole Halliday. Hamill right in a row. Yep. And do you know who they're bringing to the mound? Cincinnati? You know who Edison Volquez, then Bronson Arroyo, and then uh, – they, I would, they're not sure who's going to be the number three starter yet. It's probably going to be Travis Wood. Mm-hmm. If they beat if those three pitchers beat Halliday, Oswald, <laughs> and Hamill's coach, I'm going to be shocked. Okay, and I understand exactly what you're saying. That would be a and then and if you think about how many rookies are on the Reds, it would basically be a bunch of kids who don't realize how important the games that they're playing are, and it's like those those dumb luck type deals that, that would they'd end up beating them. Mm-hmm. Which could happen. We've seen that I, happen I before. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes young and innocent and not knowing better is is the way to go in these playoffs. Not let the pressure get to you. But we'll see. Did I hear you correctly say that? Maybe I misunderstood it. That if the Minnesota is able to knock off the Yankees in round one, they're your pick to go out all the way. Or did I get that wrong? No, no, I, I really did not mean it that way. Okay. But the last time the the Twins won a playoff series, they went on and won the World Series in '91, mm-hmm. and they did the same thing in '87. Okay. But this team gets in every year and they get destroyed in the playoffs. So they, the, the, I think they get swept every single year in the playoffs. So uh, it would just it'd be nice to see the Twins actually win mm-hmm. a playoff series. I, I'm rooting for them to win a playoff. Series. I will root them for them to beat the Yankees, no question about it. They've cooled off a little bit towards the end of the season, but uh, again, the regular season. Is over. We thought we might have a playoff game tonight. You know, maybe a Giants Padres one game or the Braves, but it did not work out that way with Giants beating San Diego. So the final eight is set. October baseball is upon us. We're going to take a quick break, big dog. When we get back, we'll do a little NFL round them up, wrap them up, see if we can get over the depression of the Bears. We'll get back to the Bears. Don't worry. And 888-463-6748 if you want to tune in. But uh, with your permission, dog, we'll go over some of the other NFL games, okay? Sounds good, Coach. All right, sit tight and remember your seat cushion can be used as a flotation device.
the lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. And we're back, TalkZone.com. The big dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Producer extraordinaire, David Olson on the other side of the glass. Big dog, uh... So you stayed in all weekend, no uh, no illegal festivities. You did not get in any trouble this weekend. Very disappointing to some of our fans, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know why you bring up illegal festivities. Well, a little bit of past experience. Maybe not. <laughs> all of a sudden, we mention illegal festivities, and the big dog gets quiet over there. All right. Outside of that, any uh, if our female fans want to track you down, Anytime during this week, maybe even, God forbid, today, where might they uh, find you wandering around in this fine city of Chicago? Uh, I'll be out in Aurora today, Coach. Really? Yes, yes. Any particular? Over my boy Joe Hogan's house, most likely. Okay. All right. Well, people want to make the trip out to Chicago from Aurora. It's lovely this time of year I hear Aurora. They can uh, come down and try to track you down, female fans in particular. He's young, he is single, and he's unbelievably eligible. You uh, you go past uh, the Morton Arboretum in order to uh, get out to my house. And it's absolutely beautiful, Coach, is yes. all I can tell you. Very hard to pass the Morton Arboretum without stopping in there and smelling the roses. It's a wonderful place. The roses place. are dead this time of year, but you can see the leaves change colors, and that is absolutely <laughs> spectacular. Yes, 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 indeed. I didn't know you were such a nature lover, but you have you have many sides to you, Big Doe. That's part of the beauty. Not just a football jock, but an educated historian, a geographical um Expert and uh, I didn't even realize, but a, but a lover of nature as well. well. You never know who you're going to run into, Coach. <laughs> oh, work with me here, Big Dog. Work with me. All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. David, you got some music. Let's go a little NFL round them up, wrap them up, folks. We do it each and every Monday. Here are the two guys and Mike Show. Well, we do it each and every Monday that the football season's going on. See, the NFL round them up, wrap them up would not work very well in June. Thank you. All right. Here we go. 888-463-6748, our phone number. Let's do a little NFL. Round them up and wrap them up. Struggling today, big dog. Help me get back on track. Ah, Green Bay and Detroit. Let's start off in the NFC Northern Division. Packers 28, the Lions 26. Great comeback, big dog, by Detroit in the fourth quarter. But again, it falls short. They cannot win a game. You almost have to feel bad for the Detroit Lions. No, I don't feel bad for the Detroit Lions. When are they going to finally win a game and help the Bears out a little bit? That's, uh, you know, I'm sick of them coming up short constantly when the Bears need them to get a win. I mean, really. I feel bad for them. They're playing good football and they can't buy a victory. Don't forget, they beat the Bears in week one. How would their fortunes have changed, dog? If that touchdown would have counted, uh, you know, it's, you hate to put yeah, too much... one in three right now. I don't think so. I don't think so. But we can ponder that all we want. Bottom line is their record is 0-4, and they still need to get over the hump and win that first game. Washington Redskins take on Philadelphia. Donovan McNabb gets the uh, much-deserved applause from the fans in the beginning of the game, and then he goes on to beat Philadelphia in a fairly nondescript game, 17-12. Michael Vick gets injured with a skin over the eagle at Philadelphia, Dog. I would definitely not call that nondescript. And Jason Avant should have had the winning touchdown for the Eagles, and he dropped it on the last play of the game. 
unbelievable. And then Michael Vick gets hurt. And Kevin Cobb, Donovan McNabb's replacement, uh, you know, basically played poorly all game long, but he did deliver the game-winning touchdown pass that Jason Avot could have been the hero. And then the kid from Michigan drops the ball. Unbelievable. I did not see that game. I didn't see that particular highlight either. Was it the final play of the game? Final play of the game, uh, a a Hail Mary. He throws it up. Jason Avant had both hands on it, and he dropped the ball, Coach. Wow. They would have won 18 to 17. Not aware of that particular finish. Game three in the docket. Speaking of last-second touchdown passes, Baltimore knocks off Pittsburgh 17-14. Joe Flacco to T.J. Mandata. Final play of the game. Touchdown, or what was it, about 30 seconds left. Touchdown to win the game. Pittsburgh had just scored a few minutes earlier. And Big Dog, it is rare that games live up to their billing, but this one did tight. Defensive oriented between two good teams. It was exactly the kind of game people thought it would be. Uh, yeah, I love games like that. The hitting was intense. Uh, you know, it was totally down to the wire. You're exactly right. Whenever the Steelers and Ravens get together, it ends up being a great football game, and yesterday was no exception. If you were having a party at your house, Big Dog, and you could invite two teams over, and that neither of them were your favorite team, the Chicago Bear, i got to believe the Steelers and the Ravens will be the two teams you'd invite. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd the Colts. I think they would trash the house a lot less because you don't get Palomalu when he gets drunk. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of holes in the plaster. <laughs> At game four on the dock of the New York Jets all over Buffalo, 38-14. to LT is back, Ladanian Tomlinson, very, very good. And uh, his uh, running mate, Sean Green, also got 113 yards. Both guys, well over 100 yards. Buffalo, moment of silence. They're not. Yeah. By the way, the Buffalo Bills are no longer in the AFC East. They're in the Big East. <laughs> and in third place right now. Oh, but maybe even less. I think Temple's ahead of them right now. That team is bad, real <laughs> bad coach. It's future. Oh, put this team in the same category as the Detroit Lions. They are close, but they can't get over the hump. The San Francisco 49ers. Mike Singletary and company leading the entire game. Leading the entire game except for the last three seconds. Atlanta comes back. Matt Bryant throws a 46-yarder at the buzzer. Falcons 16, 49ers 14. Oh, oh, the pain in the Golden Gate Village. I blame the loss entirely on Nate Clements. The guy makes a brilliant interception. His team is up one. The Falcons have no timeouts. Coach, you know what you do? You fall to the ground and you win the game. But instead, he tries to return it. And now remember, they're only up one. So guess what happens if he returns it for a touchdown and they kick the extra point? What does that mean, Coach? Stripped for a fumble. Well, he's stripped for a fumble. The Falcons get the ball back and they end up winning. But just say he does score the touchdown like he was trying to do. His team would have been up eight. And the Falcons would have gotten the ball back and still would have had a chance to tie the game. Get down on the ground. Nate Clements, you just cost your team a victory. How much time was there left? About a minute and 14, minute and 30 seconds to go in the game, right in that category. The Falcons were out of timeouts. He falls down to the yep. ground. They kneel on it twice, and the game is over with. It's against all your athletic instincts because you intercept the ball on the sidelines. He was racing down the left sidelines. So it's against your athletic instincts, but if you strictly go on strategy, win versus loss, and you know how many timeouts are left, you're absolutely correct. It's, it's ridiculous, Coach. Mm-hmm. It, well, it's, it's not it's, ridiculous. It's, no, no, it's, 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 it's one of two things. It's either or. It's either or when it comes to Nate Clements. He's either stupid and doesn't have any football savvy, or he was selfish. It's either or. 
And I don't want guys uh, like that on my football team. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to disagree because I think what? I'm going to use the word I just used. The, your, your natural athletic sense. You get caught up in the game. Yes, should he have been thinking about it before? I don't I don't know that he's thinking at that situation how many timeouts the other team has. He's playing defense right now. He's worried about his defensive protection, which receiver he's going to cover. There comes the ball. He intercepts it. I mean, you're right. Technically, that's what he should have done. But normal, natural, athletic instinct. Okay, that's, well. I'll take I'll take eleven guys that have normal natural football instincts and not athletic instincts and realize oh I caught the ball hey our team just won the game mm-hmm. I'm going to kneel down right here hand this to the official and we're going to go celebrate so you can have the, your athletic instincts I'll take the football instincts. all right guys. good point good point he's a veteran too he should probably know better absolutely was garbage and nobody else has brought that up besides me by the way I haven't heard anybody else mention that they were only up, you know if they're up two at the time coach mm-hmm. go score a touchdown. Because you're up nine, you, the other team can't. You know what I mean? You can't lose the game. Yep. I'm not kidding you. Yep. Up one, you get down on the ground. You bottom, just fall down. Bottom line is, at that point, the only chance the uh, Falcons had is if you score a touchdown or if you fumble the ball. If you just take exactly. a knee, game over. Yes, absolutely, Coach. It's a good point. You won me over, Big Dog. Thank you, Consulate. You're welcome. All right, game six of the dock at the Battle of Ohio. The Cincinnati Bengals have been shut up again not shut out but shut up and that's a good thing as well cleveland 23 cincinnati 20 seneca wallace underrated pretty good job as the backup quarterback and the bengals lose yet again big win for the cleveland browns yeah seneca wallace making plays protecting the football doing what it takes for his team to win football games and the best thing that he could done to have won that game was turn around and hand it to a guy by the name of peyton not walter peyton but peyton hiller Yep. you got to like a guy. You know, it's, it's underrated, those guys that get three yards every single time they carry the ball, Coach. Mm-hmm. That's underrated when you keep your offense moving forward. Even if it isn't big chunks, it might not be sexy, it might not be glamorous, but that helps you win games. And when, when you're talking about the Browns, they need as, as much help as they possibly could get. Bear- Peyton Hillis. Do you know where Peyton Hillis went to college, Coach? I, I brought this up to you last week. Let's see if you pay attention. Peyton Hillis, I believe he was a, a beaver from Oregon State. No, he he went to Arkansas, and he was the third-string running back, and he's in his third year, same with Felix Jones and Darren McFadden, all three of them in the same backfield at Arkansas. Third string. Interesting. That's why nobody's heard of him. He went to the wrong college. He went to about 108 other different universities when he was in school. He Mm -hmm. probably would have been an All-American. Interesting. Consistently gains three or four yards per carry. Bear offensive coordinator Mike Martz would have him on the taxi squad within two games. Unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> All right, game seven of the dock at New Orleans, Docks off Carolina. NFL round them up, wrap them up here, folks. Any of these games uh, you want to talk about, we'll be right here for you for the rest of the show right up until 11 o'clock, 888 the phone number game, number seven, the New Orleans Saints. Pull it out. At the final seconds on a field goal, not by Garrett Hartley. Garrett Hartley no longer a member of the New Orleans Saints. It was John Carney, who I believe is 58 years old, unless it's John Carney Jr. But a late field goal on the Saints, knock off Carolina 16-14. Big goal, the Saints have not been great this year, but they are 3-1 and one somehow, some way. Yeah, a 46-year-old John Carney. Watching the Red Zone channel yesterday, one of the best quotes I heard all day was, he was on the original Tecmo Bowl video game. That's mm-hmm. how old that guy is. <laughs> oh, good. Notre Dame, right, if I remember correctly? Yes, Notre Dame. Uh, Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. All right. Game eight in the dock of the St. Louis Rams. How about your early Coach of the Year candidate, Steve Spagnuolo? St. Louis 20, Seattle 3, destroying a lot of people's 
Automatic pick. A lot of people thought the Seahawks were an easy pick on this one. No. The Rams, with Sam Bradford throwing the ball like 70 times, defeat Seattle. And they do it easy, 20-3. to three. Yeah, you know, they, they got Bradford throwing it every down, and the other times he doesn't throw it, he hands it off to Steven Jackson, who's a grown-up man playing with a bad groin, and uh, he goes out there and played a, a phenomenal game yesterday for the mm-hmm. for the Rams. And uh, they hold the Seahawks to, to three points. The Seahawks will be one of those teams, when they're on the road, they're going to lose this year. And when they're at home, they're going to win. It's the, they're going to have one of those seasons, Coach. Mm-hmm. You ever, uh, in your football career, Big Dog, did you ever battle through a bad groin and get out there and play? Yes, I did. It's not comfortable, Coach. Okay. Not a pretty sight. No, it isn't, Coach. I just tape it up and get out there and stop complaining. Yeah, it's it's when they they ice it is the worst. (laughs) Or the best. Game 9 in the docket. Game 10. I kind of lost my count at this point. Denver knocks off Tennessee 26-20. Kyle Orton, the quarterback the Bears did not want. 35 for 5,341 yards, including a game-winning touchdown about a minute 30 left. Throws it to his backfield, make Corey Buckholder. Pretty good game here in Denver in a minor upset over the Tennessee Titan Dog. Yeah, Vince Young late in the game throws a bomb down the left sideline to hit Kenny Britt right between the numbers. They had a timeout. They would have had the ball at least at the eight-yard line, and Britt had the ball go right through his arm. So Vince Young doing what it takes to get it done as a quarterback, but still Titans come up short. Houston knocked off Oakland 31-24. to The Texans playing some solid football this year. The Raiders, I think, still without a victory. Houston now 3-1. and Arian Foster, another big game. 16 carries, 131 yards. The previously unheard of running back out of Tennessee having a big, big season. The Texans appear big dog. They appear to be for real. Yeah, and Arian Foster uh, was late to a team meeting, so he didn't get to play in the first half, Coach, and he had 131 yards. Wow. Was not aware of that. 16 carries all in the second half. Well, most of them. He had one or two carries in the first half. Mm-hmm. So, I think only one carry in the first half. Like, late in the second quarter, they, they ran him out there. Moral of the story is don't be late to a team meeting. No, don't. Final game to talk about. A thriller, 59 yards. Do I got that right? A 59-yard field goal to win the game. Josh Scobie, Jacksonville, in a big upset over Indianapolis. Fun to watch them celebrate as well, but uh, 59 yards to win it all? Yes, 59 wow. yards with it all. And, you know, the, the the crazy thing is the play before, Calvin Hayden of the Colts, uh, University of Illinois kid, yep. dropped an interception. Ugh. You know, and he was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Well, guess what? It matters because <laughs> this next play is the game-winning field goal. So uh, if you're a DB out there, you, you need to catch the ball on interceptions. Is all I have to say. Like, mm-hmm. and to the Bears, they needed to do that too yesterday because they dropped a couple interceptions. They could have really – well, no, it wouldn't have turned the game around because unless they would have returned them for a touchdown, they wouldn't have scored anyway. So never mind, Coach. Sounds like from what you're saying, uh, and that ends another uh, scintillating, scintillating edition of the NFL. Round them up and wrap them up. Um, final minute of the games, Big Dog. I must have counted in your analysis here probably four – or five different teams or players that had a chance to change the outcome of the game if they would have simply caught the ball. Yeah, yeah. Jason Avant, Kenny Britt, and Calvin Hayden, definitely. Mm-hmm. And am I missing? Well, then you get Hushman Zada, who actually did catch the yeah. ball. And Nate Clements, you know, who caught the ball but should have taken a knee. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Nate Clements caught the ball, should have taken a knee. That's 
five games in the last minute that had dramatic plays in it yesterday. I mean, like really, really dramatic plays mm-hmm. in it. Well, on the bright side, the Bears uh, did it did not take a dramatic play at the end of the game. There, there's, if you want to look for optimistic things for the Bears, that uh, we didn't need any drama at the end. The storybook was uh, well written, and our beloved Bears again. You want to comment on any of the NFL games we just talked about? Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. We'll try to get to the college games as well. Very difficult in a one hour program, but um, yeah, pretty good week. I mean, not a going to be the most memorable week of the season, but a pretty good slate of games a week for the NFL. And, again, the Sunday night game involving our Bears, probably the highlight of the game, Big Dog, if I could look back on it. The Geico commercials were quite entertaining. Yeah, I might have to go with you on there. And there's uh, uh, – I fast-forward to the commercials, Coach. I always make it a point to be a little bit behind. But, yeah, it was it was frustrating. By the, by the middle of the second quarter, I don't even know if I saw any commercials. I was drooling on myself. I was so mm-hmm. – disheveled. I couldn't yeah. believe what I was seeing. I mean, the the king of adjustments, Mr. Mike Martz, didn't make any. And, uh, you know, afterwards, watching Bears postgame live, listening to, you know, Dan Jiggett said the typical stuff. The offensive line were horrendous. You know, Howard Griffith, you know, said his typical stuff, too many seven-step drops. But Jim Miller, you know, just brought it straight out. He's like, when offensive linemen don't know who to block, you slide protection. You move, slide everybody to the one side. And you have the quarterback will know that it's the free guy is going to come from over here, so he can make the read really quick. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but Mike Mart's offense refuses to do that because then you can't do the seven step drop out of it. I mean, well, really, is it that is it that bad? Is it that uh, honestly? I mean, it, is Mike Mart that stubborn that he will refuse to do a simple blocking scheme? Well, the answer I mean, is if you, if, you, if you do that, coach, you're basically telling the other team we'll let you tee off on us if if you can figure mm-hmm. out our offensive line. You got to be able to say, you know what? You got to be able to do what the defense gives you every once in a while. You got to take that every once in a while. You don't always have to force the issue. Well, no, I, I agree with that, but 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 2 weeks ago we were talking about what a brilliant, you know, adjuster that the Bears uh, have and Mike Martz and the whole team making adjustments now and something we haven't seen in previous years. And they did go to the quick drop and the quick throws. But the reason I'm going to disagree with you a little bit is, like in a game last night, I think if you you could see their defensive backs creeping up and creeping back, if they start taking away that short pass, and just because of the power rush you give up on your downfield passing game, which for a brief period of time the Bears did, if you remember, like late first quarter into the mid-second quarter. To me, you're kind of, you know, I'm going to turn it around on you. So you're, you're playing into their hands. You know what? I've been sacked six or seven times. I'm going to throw some quickies, but you know what? We're going to drop back a pass again and try sacking me for an eighth down. We're going to throw the damn ball down the field. We're not just going to dink and dunk with three, four yarders because if we do, first, you won. First of all, that that's not what I said. And second of all, that's ludicrous, Coach, What you just the second part of what you said. Well, I don't think it is. You, you, you just keep on getting sacked. You can't block your quarterback at all. Oh, let's just keep dropping back eight yards and getting sacked. That That makes a lot of sense. Coach, just because you slide protect doesn't mean you can't throw the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. Basically, it means is you do, you slide protect, you figure out who's hot. If there's nobody hot, you'll have time. You can get the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. But if if but the point is if you keep on having offensive linemen going in two different directions and Edwin Williams is going left when he should be going right and you're getting your quarterback, first and foremost, let's blame the offensive line for not knowing who to block. Okay, That puts them in the situation of they needed to do something like this, yet they don't have the capability to do it. So I'm not ripping Mike Martz there, or I am ripping Mike Martz from and Mike Tice for the offensive line not knowing who to put a body on. I mean that is ridiculous. You're an NFL player; 
you shouldn't have one mental mistake again, let alone every single play. One guy goes left, the other guy goes right, and then the guy in the middle has a free well, run at quarterback. There were there were times, more than a few times, when they did know who to block. They just couldn't block them. That will, absolutely. That happened just as much, too. Yep. Which I, 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 I don't know what's worse. Yeah, no, I don't mind the slide protect. I under, you know, that philosophy I can live with. I guess what I hear everybody say, make adjustments. Well, you know, they're rushing, and you forget the seven-step drop and just throw the quickies. Well, the defense knows exactly what you're doing. And to me, that's a defeatist attitude a little bit. I'm not saying you don't adjust a little. But to me, you know what? I'm still going to take those seven-step drop, make some adjustment on the offensive line. We're going to throw the ball down the field. We're not just going to take two-step drops and, and throw three and yards you the rest of the game. negative passing yards at halftime also, Coach. By continuing to do that over and over again, I don't think so. Uh, well, how many passing yards did the Bears have at halftime? Well, obviously, oh, it was negative. a dis- disastrous game. I'm just saying. I think if you just all of a sudden just go to a two, three, four yard quick passing attack, that you've kind of given up, and you know you're basically saying you can't beat them. You do make adjustments. Well, no, what you need to do is run the football. That's what they needed to do yesterday was start running the ball. But no, no, Mike Mark has to be the stubborn. I'm the greatest show on turf, and I throw it all the time. <laughs> it's amazing how a guy's fortune can change from week to week. Mike Marks was being labeled a hero here. Uh, not by me. Not by me. Well, I, not... All I did was say, hey, I like the fact you made adjustments, and I kept saying this team needs to run the ball more. I've said it every week of the season. Mm-hmm. After week one, week two, and week three, I said it. Now I say after week four, and I've proven right, and now you're giving me a hard time about it. You didn't give me a hard time the first three weeks of the year when I brought it up. <laughs> oh, goodness. You're not exactly painting the picture correctly. but uh... how, how? Why not? The, no, no, the, the, I... What are you trying to say? The Bears don't need to run the football? I'm not Their t- quarterback was getting teed off on. As soon as that starts happening, you got to be like, you know, we got to figure out a way to become the attackers on offense and not have our offensive linemen as, as uh, a mm-hmm. bunch of receptacles of punishment. Mm-hmm. You need to let the offensive line impose their will on people every once in a while. And when I was a defensive lineman and when I was playing outside linebacker against a team that I knew passed every down, I'd be like, man, I feel sorry for these poor chumps. These offensive linemen, I was going to beat on them all day long. So, yeah, maybe I didn't play in the NFL level. I know, like you said, I didn't play in at, at, at any of the highest levels, high school, elementary school, or uh, middle school. But it's the truth, Coach. They need to run the football. You know, you're right, and I think part of it, and I think some of the fans are, are with, some anyways, are with me. I think it's over the years we've become somewhat maybe lobotomized a little bit by the the sophomoric bear offenses, which did run, run, and then throw the ball on third down. So now that we've got a different kind of offense, and, and again, I prefaced it by saying you're probably right, Big Dog. I'm just trying to explain why sometimes this passing and, and the Lack of commitment to the run is not bothering us as much as normal. It's because the last 10 years, we've been the other way. So maybe it's a little refreshing now. But but I do not deny the fact they got to pound the ball a lot more. No question. So it's kind of like you go from a girl that used to beat you and scream at you, so now you only have a girl that screams at you. So you're like, well, at least I'm not getting beat anymore. Not sure that's the greatest of analogies, but uh, we'll let it slide for lack of a better term. Okay. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right, Big Dog, any uh, final thoughts? we got to wrap it up here. Big uh, show all week will be with us. Your schedule this week, Big Dog. Are we going to see you the rest of the week, or will you be AWL? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're going to see me the rest of the week, Coach. Uh, if not, I will give you plenty of heads-up leeway ahead of time, Coach. Beautiful. Don't call me. Call David Olson, our fine producers in charge of all scheduling. And basically, everything I say is off the script that David gives me. I'm just a robot. 
got you, Coach. All right, Big Dub. Behave yourself, and uh, hey, the better times will be ahead. 12 o'clock next Sunday, the Bear versus the Panther. I, I can hardly wait. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Colossus. So, <laughs> you know. I'm sure the whole world will be watching. Yes, they will. All right, uh, be good. Later. Thanks for listening out there, everybody. We much, much appreciate it. Struggled a little bit today, David. Didn't quite hit our normal synergy, but it's all right. It's Monday. We got, we got, we got to work into. We don't want to. If we had our best show on Monday, we'd have nowhere to go from here. David's shaking his head like, sure, coach, whatever. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Monday show winding up. We'll see you tomorrow at ten o'clock. Don't be late. Talkzone.com. Two guys and a mic. Have a great one. <laughs>